Hello and welcome to the podcast of the Jean Monnet Centres on Citizens' Rights. I'm Romain Dieber and this is a series of conversations with guest speakers or project team members. Today we are going to talk about the research project overall. The Jean Monnet Centre of Excellence for European Integration and Citizens' Rights is a project of the School of Law at University College Cork and it started a year ago. The project focuses on EU-derived rights and how the effective activation can contribute to the EU's legitimacy. So to talk about that project in depth and to understand what exactly it entails, we welcome Professor Doug Marshik, Principal Investigator of the research project. Doug Marshik is a Professor of EU Law and the Vice Dean for Research in the School of Law. From December 2020, she holds a Synod Family Chair in EU Law and from September 2011, she has been a Jean Monnet Ad Personam Chair for EU Law. Her principal research interest is in EU Law and its social economic impact in and beyond the EU. She also won the very prestigious ERC Advance Grant, so very congratulations for that. Thank you. On the project Rights to Unite. So thank you for coming, Professor Schick. Uh, so let me just ask you this first question. What is a Jean Monnet Center of Excellence and how does a university get one? Yes, so the EU Commission says that Germany's Centre of Excellence are, quote, focal points of competence of European Union subjects, and that mainly they develop synergies between different disciplines on European studies and coordinate resources of European studies in one university with the aim to lead research. Now, the award is also a recognition of excellence. And when I arrived at UCC in December 2020, uh, UCC was one of the few Irish universities that had never had such a recognition. And even before I arrived, we had started composing the Center of European Integration based on the School of Law, but with a courageous political scientist, Dr. Mary C. Murphy, joining us. And that's around the theme of integration through rights. So applying for the Germany Center of Excellence was a logical next step. We widened our scope, so we now have Theresa Rady, Dr. Theresa Rady, and Professor Andrew Cotti as political scientists, and Dr. Robert Butler as economists, and a number of researchers from law. That's Dr. Luigi Leonardo, Dr. Stephen Coates, and Dr. Sean Conney, and I think that's it, and myself, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and Roman Lieber as our research assistant. Yeah, and it's a competitive list, and we were successful in December 2021. So, okay, this was December 20, 2021. So why do you now recap on the first year? Why now? Yeah, because we needed some time to set the project up for, until April 2020. So we had academic conversation, how we ground the events on a common base. And that's when we unfolded our action with three substantive work packages on the official launch in September 2022. So now is a good time to look back and consider whether all these events are coherent and really contribute to our research theme. I'm really glad you are saying this because this is exactly what I was wondering. How does the series of events you are staging deliver on that grand promise of leading research in European studies? Because you have events on right-wing populism, as you mentioned, on free movement rights in a pandemic, on the geopolitical autonomy of citizens' rights, but you also have other series of legal events uh, comprising themes such as external relation, Russia's war, and there is also Jean Monnet lectures from other departments. So where is the coherence here? Well, first off, the Germany Center of Excellence doesn't monopolize European studies. So the Department of Politics and Governance have their own Germany action, which remains independent. 
And secondly, the Germany Center of Excellence sits in a context. It's hosted by the Center of European Integration, and that stages other events such as the EU lecture series. It's a one on Russia's war, and the EU was from that. Our specific research program evolves on the EU's connections with citizens, with EU citizens, but also citizens of other states, whether they live in the EU or in the EU's neighborhood or even elsewhere on the globe. We investigate how EU-derived rights can actually contribute to the EU's legitimacy internally, in its neighborhood and globally. So what is the, EU's the citizens' perspective towards rights generated by the EU? How do they perceive the rights and can they actually use them? These are our questions. And so how did you get the idea? Why, why do you think it needed, it needed a research project? Well, that's a very good question because there's a lot of research on EU citizenship rights out there, not least the one conducted by our own co-investigator, co Stephen Coots, on, on EU legitim legitimacy, where our co-investigator, Theresa Rady from Politics and Governments has contributed. Now, the idea was to develop a new perspective on integration to rights, and that comes from my interview as a Synod family chair. When I put this out as a theme, suitable to collate all the EU research going on in the department. And as a result, we had a really interesting conversation with the external assessor in that panel. And so I thought, okay, this is um, a good idea to expand on this. It's really worthwhile. And our research aims to go beyond the trodden path, both the path trodden by the political scientists and by the legal scholars. The political scientists often focused on institutions, and how they interact, whereas the legal scientists tend to prioritize litigation. Instead, we ask how citizens can really use EU rights beyond litigation and how they can use the rights so that they change their lives. So in that way, EU rights can become a medium for citizens to interact. That's a sociological perspective. And when we updated this, this application, that was actually commented upon positively by the reviewers. Oh, and how do you achieve this? How, how would you say the project is constructed? Well, we have three content strands. One is exploring the EU legitimacy and rights in the EU, and that's EU citizens and other citizens who live in the EU. Second, analyzing the effect of the rights in the EU's western and eastern neighborhood, and there we talk about Northern Ireland as part of the UK and the Ukraine. And then thirdly, the extent to which the EU generates rights globally in its external relations. For those questions one and two, in, internal and neighborhood, we look into anti-discrimination law and also in rights to move across and beyond the EU. We also explore how citizens can or cannot generate EU rights through the citizens' initiative and how far EU rights hinder the common enjoyment of sports events. And then we look how the EU extends rights beyond its borders through trade relations or through interaction with China. So you had a, a series of events the past year with prominent speakers. So let's talk a little bit about these events. The first seminar was entitled EU Constitutionalism, Rights and Right-Wing Populism. So what was discussed there exactly? Yeah, that was in the week when we launched the project on the 28th of September. And on that same week, on the 25th of September, Italy had elected and had paved the way for the fourth EU member state to be governed by a coalition containing right-wing populists. And the other three are obviously Hungary, Poland and Sweden. Yeah? So 
Russia was preparing a referendum meant to legitimize its war in Ukraine, an EU neighbor state linked to EU through a neighborhood association agreement. And these events, I think, highlighted the danger of right-wing populism for the EU project. Now, we were lucky to welcome Dr. Paul Blocker from University of Bologna and Dr. Ulrike Wieten from Queen's University, Belfast. These are both political sociologists who've been working on right-wing populism, not just since the 25th of September, but for a long time. And Paul Blocker highlighted the dangers of right-wing constitutionalism, which lie in the utilization of litigation, enabled also by the EU rights, to pursue uncivil society, he said, by legal means. And Ulrike Wieten focused, focused on normalization of rights discourse. She used the example of pandemic populism, which skillfully connected protests against the restrictions in the pandemic and other human rights with right-wing mobilization. And I think the conversation also highlighted how important sociology is for a project, and we hope to capitalize on that for the future. It's very interesting, and, and, and about the second seminar, because it's in a very different subject, it concerned the EU's geopolitical autonomy and citizens' rights. And what was discussed there in this one? What is the relation with the Germany Centre? Yeah, that was the first attempt to get political scientists and legal scholars working on external relations to actually discuss rights beyond institutional dimension. That is our global work package. And we had four external speakers, Professor Karen E. Smith from the London School of Economics and Political Science, in short, the LSE, and Dr. Alex Dukalkes from the School of Politics and International Relations at University College Dublin, Dr. Isabella Mancini, School of Law, Brunel University, and Dr. Gesa Kübeck, Faculty of Law, University of Groningen. And our co-eyes, Professor Andre Cotti and Dr. Luigi Leonardo, also shared and offered their own papers on EU human rights politics in China and strategic autonomy. So, I think it was a first appreciation on the theme of the project where the trodden path is really more difficult to leave than in other areas. So Professor Smith, for example, referred to rights as a means for the EU and the US to compete on global leadership instead of focusing on the citizens' perspective. Dr. Lukalkis investigated the role of China diluting human rights through its role in the UN Human Rights Committee. and. Professor Cotti criticized the inefficiency of the EU engagements with China through human rights policy. And the legal scholars, Dr. Mancini, Dr. Kubek, and Dr. Leonardo, elaborated on the EU's strategic autonomy and the relevance of human rights policies therein. These are very valuable contributions, highlighting that a lot of work needs to be done to get to recognize citizens' gains or loss in their personal lives through EU external human rights policy. And we hope that the next event on human rights and EU trade policy proceeds a bit more in that direction. And you also had a third seminar that was entitled Free Movement Right During the Pandemic. Yeah. But we will have a full podcast for that seminar. That's so right. So keep in touch for that one. So I just wanted to come back to the ERC advance grant because the project uh, will aim at investigating whether and how citizens experience European integration through liberal economic rights, social rights and digital rights, measuring how far EU-derived rights support democratic, socially equitable and inclusive society. It is closely linked to the Germany Center research focus, isn't it? So, so can you tell me how does the Germany Center relate to the Center of European Integration and to your new project? 
Yeah, that's really a very good question because all of these relate to citizens' rights and integration. In a way, these are a Russian doll or perhaps concentric circles. So the Center of European Integration hosts both the Germany Center of Excellence and the future ERC project. And it works on uh, the CEI, Center of European Integration, as four strands on internal citizens, social and discrimination rights, internal EU economic rights as the second strand, third EU free movement and discrimination rights in the neighborhood. Sounds familiar, right? Because the Germany Center does that as well. And then EU integration through rights globally. Yeah. And the Germany Center provides funding for three of those strands with specific events. Yeah, but it adds a dimension of looking at rights and illegitimacy. And the ESC project is the most challenging of all. It's um, as you said, looks at practical use of rights, again, a sociological perspective. But I think it's differentiated through the countries it, it covers, which are small countries, so Czechia, Greece, Ireland and Sweden in the EU. And then it's North Macedonia, Georgia, Norway and Northern Ireland for the UK in the neighborhood. And we will have much more money than the other projects. And that's why we can not just do discourse and theory, but also empirical qualitative research in all those countries. And so that's, yeah, what I'm looking forward to, and I hope it's going to be working out. So the rights, the, the project differ in size. The CEI is unfunded, except for some contributions of the head of school, like 2,000 a year. The John Moni Center is funded with 100,000 euro, and the ERC will be 2.5 million minus 84. So, Financially, these are steps upwards, but content-wise, it's it's all related, and I hope to keep those projects together and mm -hmm. creating synergies. Well, congratulations again on winning that big grant, and I just have one last question about the Germany Center. What is next for the center? The next events is on trade policy, as I said, and it's really soon. It's on the 14th of April, so keep that look it up on our webpage, and you can join us online. And then after that, we have two events on the work package. We have the next event is then on the work package two, internal rights, where we look at the question, how can citizens actually generate rights through the citizens initiative? And we look at a failed initiative on a very interesting theme. It's unconditional basic income. And that's on the 14th of June in Cork, face to face and also online. And then in the summer, we don't keep idle. On the 5th of July, we go to Dublin to the premises of the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission. And that's our first event with the EU neighborhood, where we have guests from Ukraine, Oksana Kolov-Geskov from the University of Lviv, and I didn't get her pronunciation quite right here, and Anthony Soares from the Center of uh, Cross-Border Studies, comparing how movement of people from Northern Ireland to the EU and from Ukraine to the EU is regulated now. So that's the next few. And then we go have a summer break. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to this event. And if you are too, you can look at our webpage uh, on the UCC website. Search for in, in integration of citizens' rights. You'll find us. And we are also on LinkedIn and Twitter. So thank you all for listening. And thank you, Dagmar, for coming today. Thank you.